Welcome listeners to the Out There Business Podcast. In this podcast, you will hear interviews from business owners and founders discussing their successes, failures, and any key tips and advice they have in their sector of work. You will also hear personal development, mindset, and business advice to keep you and your business thriving. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hey listeners, just a real quick one. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsor Out There. So Out There is a new social business directory app in the UK that is targeting small to medium businesses and tradespeople straight to new customers and clients. Out There provides its business and customer users with a vast array of features to either get the businesses in the spotlight or get that customer the professional service they need. Out There have beauty salons, barbers, plumbers, electricians, cake makers, dog groomers, you name it out there have it out there also gives business support and educational content to all its business users so running a business does not have to be lonely or difficult anymore out there supports you in any way they can so with this podcast out there are giving businesses a one month free trial to build that trust and for you customer users it's totally free so go download it on apple and android devices and check it out it's a very exciting time for out there as they have tons of new features pumping out with a live booking system coming very soon. So now let's jump into the show. Welcome listeners, just a little keynote before the podcast starts. The Out There podcast studio is being built at the moment. So we had to record this podcast at a hotel restaurant. We are not letting the studio hold us back from recording. So there may be a little background noise for this one, but the studio will be up and running soon. So we will have a better quality podcast very soon. So thank you people and enjoy the podcast. Welcome Ellie to the Out There Business Podcast. Ellie, you're a Managing Director of Maison Frey Limited, which is a space solution specialist transforming people's family homes to age-proof and future-proof them. You offer project management and interior design services to the over 55s based in South Yorkshire, currently dealing with projects across North East Derbyshire, South Yorkshire, North Knotts, and are looking to grow and be nationwide, nationwide in five years' time. That's amazing. I'm really excited to find out more about you and your business. So shall we start by telling the listeners a bit more about yourself and your business? Alex, yeah, it's lovely to be here. Um, yeah, so I have a background in construction and property. I originally went to university back in the arc, <laughs> back in the early 80s, um, to study civil engineering, and I worked on a lot of capital projects whilst I was at university. Um, and then I changed my degree and I did a business degree. So I've got like, I always say to people, I've got one and a half degrees. <laughs> Um, so yeah, my background for a number of years was within the construction industry, yeah. um, lots of experiences. Then I worked, went to work for Bovis Homes, I was a regional manager for Bovis Homes for a little while and then I had my daughter and then yes. all bets were off. Yes. Um, and then I had um, a marriage breakup and I completely had a change of career. Mm-hmm. I literally, like you do when you have a midlife crisis, I went traipsing around Eastern Europe teaching English, business English, which led me to America. I had a whole sojourn over in America, which is an amazing country. Um, On the eastern seaboard, so it was Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont. Yeah, so um, 
Yeah, amazing country stuffed with very strange people. Should we just leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my background, and then yeah. that marriage. There's, there's, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a tale to that. But, uh, I've been married four times, right. so this was husband number two, <laughs> yeah. and um, that marriage went. Um, bumps a daisy and in America with their immigration if you're married to an American for less than five years um, they, they literally kick you out right, right? Uh, they, you literally get the suits turn up and they right. say you've got three months to pack a case well my marriage lasted four years and seven months so I got God. the phone call God. I had three months to get my affairs in order and then I had to return back to the UK yeah. so um, I literally landed on my feet and um, I I decided to go into teaching and I, I was very lucky I managed to get a position where I could learn on the job. Uh, I got my teaching qualification whilst I was actually teaching um, and I did 16 years in teaching. What was you teaching? Uh, teaching English, maths and business studies. So yeah. I had a good good yeah. kind of um, background yeah. because of the engineering background I could teach maths. You know, right, so it was yes, an extra yeah. string to my bow. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, and then I uh, retired from teaching. I've had enough after 16 years. I've had enough. And my husband was coming up for early retirement where he, where he worked. And we just decided, what should we do? We're not pipe and slippers. Let's just um, think about past experiences. And I decided to, with my husband, to set up a property development company. Uh, basically pulled our pensions and invested in lots of property. Yeah. So um, that, that, that. I still do. I'm still a director right. of Graven Homes, right. um, but Maison Frey is my baby yeah. that came about. I set it up about 18 months ago, so I'm still really early doors. I'm still yeah. just outside of startup, really. Um, and I started it because of a family tragedy. Right. Um, I need to give you a bit of background for this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my dad, bless him. Uh, was in his mid 80s. He'd always been a bit of a control freak, lovely, but he was always, uh, when I start to fail, yeah. ship me off to dig and tass. I'm like, Dad, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a horse, come yeah. on, come on, yeah. there is a continuum here. But we never really listened to him, we just dismissed it as Dad speak. Um, long story short, beginning of 2017, Dad's eyesight started to go, so his hazard perception was going, and we really. We, we, we kind of forced him to give up his car yeah. Yeah. because he'd had a couple of little bumps and we said at some point dad this is going to be nasty and yes. it's not just you yeah. it could be some core innocent you know very reluctantly he gave up his driving license with DBLC and from that moment onwards uh, it, for my dad that was a massive loss of independence and from that moment onwards dad fell into a very deep depression yeah uh, long, long story short, which resulted, unfortunately, by the autumn. I mean, I cannot tell you the change in my dad physically or mentally. Yeah. He was a shambling wreck. Yeah. Um, to the point where the doctor had said to him, Raymond, I think you really need to think about having some respite care before Christmas. Give your yeah. wife a break. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that really tipped my dad over the edge. And unfortunately, he committed suicide. He hung himself in the family home. So as you can imagine, that yeah. was pretty tough to deal with, and uh, I have to tell you, I was yeah. very annoyed with my dad. You know, uh, yes, yeah. very annoyed with my dad at the beginning. I thought, how could you do this to my mum, yes. you know, etc. But as time has gone on, 
I have since forgiven him and I've realised actually we weren't listening to what my dad wanted over the years yeah. and I do respect him, the fact that he decided he'd had enough, very misguidedly, he had nothing life-threatening, he was just, he was just getting on. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, very misguidedly, but I respected his decision, it was an awful way to go, but it was final, and for my dad, he knew what he was doing, and it had been very, very quick. Mm. My mum kept saying, you know, why has your dad done it this way? I said, well, any other way, he could have been yeah. revived, and he yes. might have ended up yeah. in a worse state. Yeah. So, Dad being an engineer, he knew what he needed to do, and it would have been very, very quick. Yeah. Um, the aftermath has been pretty horrific, but... So, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, mm. Alex, to understand that I couldn't help my dad with all my background skills. Right. I could have adapted the house for him. He, was, he didn't want to listen to any of that. So I couldn't help my dad, but I can help other people. And I have set this business up to spread the word, to give people an alternative to maybe downsizing or even going into care later on in life. If you've got your family home, and we are the lucky generation who've been owner-occupiers, if you've got your family home and everything else is fine and you like where you live and you've got your support around you, why would you move? Yes, and most people don't want to go into a care home. No. They can help it. If they can help it. There is a place for them. Yeah. Certainly nursing homes. But the care home model is failing as a business. I mean, literally, <clears throat> back in January, we had in the local press, they announced, back end of January, that seven county council care homes are going to be closing this Easter to save 34 million quid. Now, where are they expecting these people to yes, go? Yeah. I think they're hoping some of these people will kick the bucket, literally. Yeah. So in the short term, we've got a, a national problem in this, in, across the West really, yeah. but partic- particularly in the UK, yeah. that we're living longer but not well. Yeah, we're an aging population. We're an aging we? population. The trends are, we are an aging population. I'm a baby boomer. I mean, I've obviously the young end, Alex. Um, <laughs> I was born in '63, yeah. so I'm the very tail end of that bulge, the baby boom bulge. There are millions of us coming through the system. The system's already creaking. Mm. I mean, I, I have no idea what's going to be on offer mm. for me when I get to my mother's age in my 80s. God willing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I set up Maison Frey to fill a niche demand for people to stay in their own homes and get it adapted. So I have spent, you know, the last best part of 18 months, two years, curating power teams across the region, all the architects, all the builders, all the contractors, landscape gardeners, whatever it takes to transform that space and support people's well-being as they age. Yes, yeah. Because I don't know if you know, but and this was a, a new fact for me. I found out last year from a um, consultant from Rotherham Hospital. The biggest killer of senior people in their own home isn't the knock or fall per se. It's the hypothermia when wow. they've been on that floor for more than four hours. God. Now, not a lot of people think about no, that. No, you won't even think you know, about and that, that at all. We're, we're sitting in this lovely hotel and this lovely foyer. And it's got a yeah. lovely ceramic tile floor. They're absolute killers to old people when people's mobility goes off. Right. That gets wet and you slip. We're talking bone cracking to us. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you imagine, you know, if you try hauling yourself up to safety, yeah. 
if your mobility is gone, stuff. wet floor, you haven't got your body strength anymore, no. you slip into unconsciousness, yeah. you will die within four hours. God. And, and what they find is, even if they get rescued by a, a family member or a neighbour, yeah. people often die in hospital later on, yes. or they die a few days later at home. Because their body's just going into shock and trauma. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, what I've done is to set this vehicle up. So, it's about educating senior yeah. people that there's an alternative. The financial services industry, they have brought out new products over the last year or so, aimed at the over 55s. Mm -hmm. So, they've seen the stats too. Yeah, yeah. And they realize yeah. that there's a lot of us uh, who still pay mortgages in our 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, and that we can potentially leverage our biggest assets to actually reinvest it back in the property. Yes, yeah. Because what I find with my other hat on as a property developer, I'll go to a probate sale. Family are having to deal with a house that's been left as a legacy. It's not been decorated for 20, 30 years. They've been told by an estate agent, oh, we sold one at the road for £400,000, and they get that figure in their forehead. Yeah. But they, not understanding that the one down the road probably had value added to it right. years ago and they're dealing with a very tired not really fit for purpose for a younger family property and i come along and i go yeah i'll give you an offer but you're not getting market value for it because yeah. i've got to spend 20 30 grand bringing it up to spend yeah it's got to have a new bathroom got to have a new kitchen probably needs door winding probably needs some open plan space because that's what younger yes. families want. yeah they do Garden space. Garden space. You know, people like decking, they like to entertain. They use this idea of the third room or the indoor, yes. outdoor. It's very current, very that's only gonna continue as the weather warms up in this country. So Maison Frey, I've set it up tapping into lots of trends that are coming up. The intergenerational trend. Yeah. With yeah. younger people living with their older relatives. Now, I've lived overseas, I've lived in, in Europe. It's very common. It's only in Britain where we've hived off our old folks and put them into an institution. Yeah, yes. You're too, no disrespect, but you're too young to remember the early, you know, 80s yeah. and Norman Tebbit and Mrs. Thatcher and property yes. owning democracy. Yeah. And Norman Tebbit told us all to get on our bikes and find work. Well, people did. They moved across the country to find work, but they left their nuclear family behind. Yeah. So it's a particularly British problem we've got. Um, to uh, so the idea is to kind of think about a property that can be opened up. Think about having your grandchildren come and stay with Granny. But my daughter gave me an interesting pointer. She said, that, "You know, I, I would consider that because property is so expensive for young people yeah. to even get started on. I mean, she lives in London now, and it's just beyond her reach. Yes, it's and it's beyond the Bank of Mum actually to get yeah. a property in London. It's you ridiculous know. amount of it." It, London is like a separate country. Yeah, it London is. is not Britain. No. You know, it's, it's in a microcosm of yeah. its own. But it's, it's pretty much any big city now, even Sheffield, where we are, and Doncaster, and, and Manchester again is yeah. quite pricey. Anywhere yeah. close to the city centre. Anywhere close to the city is pretty pricey. But people want to live in cities, don't they? Because of what's happening. And she said, I would consider it, but I don't want to feel like I'm living in an old people's home. Yeah. So the aesthetic how it looks and how it functions has to be right for an intergenerational um, trend to, to work. So with my interior designer hat on, you know, it's looking at spaces, how they function, looking at anti-slip surfaces, 
you know, do they look lovely? Yes, yeah. Are you proud of your space? Because when you are, you invest in it. Yeah, and you're happy so in that you're space. You're happy in that space. So, so really Maison Cray was set up with all that in mind. And um, it's it's been, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting ride, Alex. I can tell yes. you that for nothing, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, my previous experiences in business, as I say, were in the construction industry, but in teaching as well. So I, I feel like I'm combining all of them. a lot of these past yeah. skills. Yeah. I've got the technical, I've got the educational, yeah. and I've got the kind of creative aesthetic as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel I'm well placed. Yeah, definitely. definitely. To, to offer this out to yeah. people and yeah. to offer this as a brand. And you've got the passion. Oh, I you've have. got the passion for and, it. And as I say, the driver is all businesses have to make money. Yes. You have to make money yeah. to survive. Yeah. But my, that's not really where my passion comes from, Maison Cray. My passion comes from educating the senior market to say, look, there are alternatives. You might not have thought about this. You might not have thought. I mean, I've had people say, why would I, why would I spend money decorating and investing in my house at my age? And I go, well, if you don't, yeah. the options are becoming very limited. Yes, yeah. And you don't realise, you know, how much you can leverage your asset. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. So what what hurdles do you think you face? What's the biggest hurdles yeah, at yeah. the moment? Uh, currently it's just not being known enough. Yeah. And being and trust is a big thing with this yeah. sector. Yeah. You know, it's um, <clears throat> I spend a lot of time uh, with my preferred suppliers, certainly like on the financial side of things. I'm not qualified to talk about finances with anybody and I don't want to yes. because there are well qualified you know, people who deal with finances and senior market products mm -hmm. day in, day out. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to recommend anybody to a potential client that I haven't checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always imagine talking to my mum when I'm talking to clients. Yes. Have yeah. like my mum's avatar on their heads. <laughs> my mum would have a Scooby-Doo. No. Where to get started? No. She'd just run her fingers down yellow pages and hope to talk to a builder yeah. or an IFA. And it's like, you're not talking to anybody unless you run it past us. Yes. Yeah. So one of my biggest challenges is to understand that adult children are either the, the biggest influencer and your biggest supporter for the decision making or the biggest break. That's mm -hmm. You know, you've got to convince the adult children that what your services that you're offering their ageing parents yeah. are kosher. And yes, yeah. You know? The trust. And I agree with that. I and mean, it's not a quick sell. I mean, I don't have loads and loads of... I don't need loads and loads of clients every month. I'm not selling widgets. Yeah. We're talking about adapting your biggest asset. Yeah. And it should be thought about. And if it takes two, three, four meetings... It takes two, three, four yeah. meetings. Yeah. It takes as long as it takes as long. Yeah. Um, so that's my biggest hurdle is to convince people that we're trustworthy, that we've got, um, you know, that people we bring on board as part of our service, our preferred suppliers, that we've trusted them as well. So, so what advice would you give someone what's sort of starting out in? You've got such a variety of different sectors. Yeah. So it's hard to point which one so say the what your current one at the moment I think for all businesses there there is a there is a route map and if I'd known years ago it would have saved me so much time yeah I mean my biggest advice would be <clears throat> to get yourself a mentor right 
Yes. Literally, no, we're not talking Richard Branson yes, style yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, multi-millionaire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've actually met, met Richard Branson right. at an event many years ago, and yeah, he's got star quality. He's yes, just, I can imagine. He's a whirlwind, though. He's like a whirling dervisher. He's, he's itchy with energy. Yes, and, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people like that. I know I am. I'm, you know, I've, I've got boundless yeah. energy. And it needs to be focused and directed. But I think if you can find, if you're starting off in business, is find someone who's a few steps ahead of you. Don't run it past your mates. Not necessarily friends. You know, the biggest shock for me was understanding that family are not your biggest cheerleaders in the early days because because they're looking at you and they want to, they love you and they want to protect you. Their fears can really influence you and hold you back and it's almost you've got to kind of yeah use them as a sounding board but don't necessarily take what they say with a pinch of salt because if they've never been that way inclined if you're a risk taker and your family are risk averse you're never going to get booked to hear what you want to hear are you Um, they can also put doubt they can put doubt and I've had those little voices on my shoulders and you know, my husband won't mind me saying it because I say it to his face but this is why I didn't want my husband anywhere near my business Yeah. yeah. because he's very risk averse yeah. he's got fabulous skills that I will tap into as, as Maison Frey really establishes yeah. he is spreadsheet guy yes. you know, yeah. he's the numbers guy yeah. he's um, ex-corporate but I don't want him anywhere near me while I'm visioning. Yes, that's it. While I need to convince people and have the blue sky thinking and stuff, I don't want that little voice on my shoulder going, what if, what if, yeah. what if? Nee, 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 nee. Yeah. Like, no, darling, back in your box. <laughs> I'll pull you out when I need to. Yeah. So family don't always give you sound advice. Friends, they make you feel okay. They can be like proverbial hand on the shoulder and emotional support. But from a business point of view, try and find somebody in that business who's a few steps ahead. Yeah. Even if it's just a year or two, mm. because they will have covered a lot of what you're going yeah, to face. Definitely. And you don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel twice. No, no. And they, they can save you money, they can save you time. Save they can you put other, you in the right direction yeah, right, with the right, right networks. Yes, yeah. Right and the other piece of advice is just network like a demon. Yeah. It's an absolute ball ache. Yes, yeah. Uh, because you've got to find your tribe and you've got to find the ones that kind of fit you personally, fit your business. Um, so factor in the amount of time, money and effort that that all takes. So spend a good year networking, then be a little bit more judicious and then maybe kind of let some of them gently die away. Um, and it's the same with toxic friends as well. Because you are going to change as an entrepreneur, you are going to change. Yes, you are. And the people that were with you at the beginning of the journey are not just going to carry through to the end of the journey. It's, it's sort of like a, you're sort of a different person. Well, I am, compared to my background, com- from now to launching yeah. out there, I'm a, yeah. a total different person. Yeah, different, it's mindset, isn't yes, it? Would you agree? Mind, yes, so, and I try and teach all my friends and yeah. family about mindset. Yeah. And, I, and it's getting there and it's encouraging yeah. more of my friends and family and close people. The biggest phrase that changed my mindset um, was instead of saying I can't do this, I can't do it, was how can I do it? Yes, yeah. Just flip it. Yeah. And and even now, I, you know, I've got things I've got to face. Um, I'm, I'm like, well, how can I do this? Who do I know? How can I get to where I need to get to? 
one of the biggest things I'm finding now for the next phase of my growth is I've tested concept, I've got the first few clients, got all my business systems in place. Because for, and that's the other thing, from day one, have a clear vision of where you want to go. Yes, yes, that's it. If you want to be a hobby business, great. If you want to be a part-time business, great. If you want to be a multi-million corporation, get that in your head from day one. That's it. Get it rolled down. Yeah. Get that in your head at the end of your journey and then reverse engineer how you're going to get there. Yeah. It will save you so much wasted time. You know? Because for me, um, it's... I, I want Maison Frey to be a national brand. And the only way I can do that <clears throat> within five, six years, and I've only set myself that time frame, is because, again, I am now a nana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my daughter might have her children of her own in five or six years time. I don't, I, I don't want to be hustling as a nana. I'd really like to enjoy the experience of <laughs> yes, being a nana. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Uh, at the minute, it's a bit on high days and holidays, and that suits me just fine because I'm busy. But if she has children, I would really like to be hands-on. Yeah. Give her a break, you know, and have and really be hands-on for her. Yeah. Um, so, reversing it back, the only device I can think of that will get me to my end goal is to franchise my yeah. brand. Yeah, IP licensing and trademark. Yeah, to license yeah. it. And so I'm literally currently trademarking yeah. my brand uh, and, yeah. my, and my logo at the minute, yeah. as we speak. And I'm, this is where it links up with the networking because the people I networked with a year, 18 months ago, made good, friendly relations with. Yeah. They're some of the first people that may be interested in taking a franchise. Yes, yeah. That's exactly Happy right. days. Yes, yeah. So that, it, it does pay back. Yeah, definitely. That's what, when I, uh, I IP'd and trademarked out there last November, and I was in London at a networking event, and I met this guy from South Africa, and he's really interested out there. And when the version two comes out, he's like, hit me back up. Yeah. I want to IP yeah. and license it, obviously. Yeah. So. yeah, I've got a contact from down, down south, where I used to live, on the south coast and he's a bit of a wheeler dealer entrepreneur yeah. but I like him he's a nice guy yeah. and I've kept in touch with him because for, he's this lovely he's this lovely guy but he sells cosmetics yeah with a well-known brand but it's just because he, he just keep, it's his thing that introduces him in networking yeah. it's not the only thing he does it's yes, so he's got yeah. something to show into that yes. yeah. Yeah. so I've kept him with him with the sort of the you know the monthly sub subscription with the latest sort of polyfiller you know yeah and um but I kind of run this idea past him. He goes, oh, I said, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Next time you're down south, can we have can we have lunch? Can we have a proper chat about this? I might be interested. You know? That's, yeah. You there's know, there's not contacts. a natural synergy there, but it, it, you won't mind me saying, he's loaded and yeah. he's an entrepreneur and yeah. he can see an opportunity. Yeah. If he's an entrepreneur, he's got that that mindset to execute yeah. your idea. I haven't got well. a I haven't got to drag him along. No. no. Yeah. He could even think of the ideas what you haven't thought of. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. You know, I like tapping into creative people, yeah. and I love, like you do, you know, I love collaboration. Yeah, I'm about to set up um, the Northern Creatives Network um, as a safe space for very creative artisan interiors people to kind of share and collaborate without the fear of having work plagiarized and things yeah, like so that. Yes, that's it. And then working on projects together. Yeah, that's a big thing with social media. People are scared to put the work straight out there. Well, there are feedback. cheeky monkeys out yes, there who yeah. do lift stuff. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. But you know, you'd never do anything if you didn't, 
you didn't go in trusting people to begin with, you mm. know, and then put controls in place to yeah. them when they yes, they yeah. set the mark, yeah. you know. Okay, so. so if you could go back to your eighteen-year-old oh, self, what a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> what would you still be? It's hard to say because you've got you've got so much passion for this. Is this something that you definitely stay on this path? Would my eighteen-year-old self? We're talking late seventies here. The world was a very yes, different, different, different place, right? This is before we were tethered with yeah. anything digital. And I do feel that we, I was the last generation that had true freedom. Yeah. You know, because for all the good things that social, that, you know, digital, a digital lifestyle can give us and all what we feel is a freedom, it isn't at all. We are tethered. And it's throwing up its own set of challenges now. But if I was going back to the late 70s and my 18-year-old self, I would say, actually, be a lot more adventurous. Yeah. I was a goody two-shoes. Yeah. But I did have one act of rebellion, and it still stays with me today. I love northern soul music. Right. It's a working-class thing, you know. Yeah. And I just yeah. love that music. And um, I used to skip off school, double French on a Friday. I mean... Whoever thought the timetabling, double French on a Friday, come on, you know. I'd be going off with my little carrier bag because my mum thought I'd be having a sleepover with my mates. Well, I was, but maybe just 18 hours later. Yeah. And we'd catch the trains to Manchester and we'd go to the Northern Soul Clubs and we'd have enough money for a bag of chips and we'd change in the changing rooms. And, and it was such an innocent time, Alex, and we'd literally be girls dancing around handbags, listening to the latest American imports, collecting the badges secretly. Yeah getting on the last train home, having a sleepover and talking about it with your mates all weekend. And yeah. it, we got one over on all the teachers and parents and we got away with it for six months. And then it all came crashing down. <laughs> one of us was sick, I can't even remember who it was now. One of us in our gang was sick on the train. We thought she was dying, you know. Projectile vomit time, you know. It was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Of course, we had to fess up and cry. Oh, yes. hell broke loose. You know, we were literally grounded for like six yeah. months. But yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm glad I did it. Yes, yeah. And I just wish I'd been a little bit more adventurous early doors. Yeah. And I got married far too soon, straight from uni. Because that's what you did in them days. You kind of dated, you went courting, <laughs> and you kind of were expected the natural progression to get married. Yeah. And um, he, he was lovely, um, but actually, if I'd realised that there were more opportunities in life, we grew apart at different places. And, you know, uh, I, I realised I, 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 I should have had more adventures and more experiential dealings in life before I'd settled down, yes. to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 So definitely be more adventurous as an 18 year old. Who's. Uh, Who's your three biggest inspirations and what keeps you striving? Uh, well, clearly, I have to say my dad, yes. yeah. I have to say, give him credit for that, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> no, no. Aside from that, my dad was yeah. uh, my dad was hardworking and he was he had a very dry sense of humour, but he was immensely kind. And that's something that I've always thought I, if nothing else, I'm a kind person. Yes. Uh, I've had some awful bosses in my life who are ratbags. They weren't kind people, and it's made me even more determined to be like, you know what? You can be, you can be a demon in business, but you don't have to be a ratbag. No, no, don't. And be kind. Yes. There's not enough kindness in no, the world, there's... you know. Um, and the other person, oh, Richard Branson. 
I think he's a hero. I really do think he's a hero, a British hero, uh, an inspiration. I mean, just, I mean, he's built his empire by outsourcing. Yeah, yes. Just, yeah. And that's Leveraging. what I think, you yeah. know. I think you don't have to be yeah. master of everything. No. You just get, just know the power of understanding people's strengths. Yeah. And it, it proved a lot by, he had learning difficulties. Yeah, um, my dad just, was dyslexic, but yeah. it was never diagnosed at that age. No. Yeah, people just thought he was thick. My dad could compute quicker than a computer. Yeah. My dad was artistic, yeah. he was brilliant at maths. Yeah. And he, by sheer force of will, he made a success of his life. Yeah. Yeah. He went from being a, a commercial artist to a welder to eventually running a factory. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He, yes, just, yeah. he just forced, forced this. He thought, I'm, I'm not going to be pegged by this. No. I'm not going to be beaten by it. I remember my dad spending hours and hours and hours reading documents yeah. to pass exams. Yeah, yeah. It would take him four times the amount of time that ordinary people would. But he just did it and I didn't have to return yeah. for that. You know? yeah. So when I was a teacher, I would say to kids with dyslexia, I said, don't you use this as a label. No, no. This, you can get to university. Yeah. Don't, don't think this is going to limit you in no. one shape or form. I, I had learning difficulties when I was younger. You know, it's not a barrier yeah. no, to success. No, at it's all. definitely not. I, I, I had learning difficulties when I was younger. I was one of those boys what, when I was doing exams, I had to go into a different room. And I, I had the choice of having a Did beater. you used to play up to no. obfuscate with your goody two shoes? Goody two shoes. Right. Did it go under the wire or was it identified? Um, what the learning difficulties? No, it was identified because I had the choice of a reader from exams. And I, oh, brilliant. And I just, I did cool. it. I said no. I didn't want him. Okay. So when he was there, I was like, I don't want you here. I'm Fair doing enough. it myself. Cool. And that's just sort of my mentality. But I didn't let that hold me back. And it actually drove me. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I can, out of all the, the people in this school, mm. I don't want to be like big-headed in any way, but I've, I've done quite successful out, of, have, out yeah. of my the people in my school. It's and, because you're driven. Yes, yeah. It's because you're driven. And, you know... Uh, I mean, I'm one of these annoying people that I'm pretty clever, mm. um, but I don't apologise for it anymore because there seem to be, certainly in the UK and certainly um, English-speaking parts of the world, there seems to be this syndrome called tall poppy syndrome. It's if you're clever and bright and successful, you get chopped down at the knees. Yeah. And it's like, no, uh, you know, just be aware that some people can learn at different rates. Mm. Definitely. As a working class kid, made good, I am so grateful I got to university. I was the only one in our family at the time. At a time when there were, it wasn't opened up like it is today. Only the top 10% went yeah, to went university. To and it was a struggle for my parents, bless them, and I'm forever grateful to them. You know, they went without a holiday for five years, yeah. just so they could just afford so, to yeah. send me. Um, so it really made me, I did muck about first year, and my dad, bless him, he took me well, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not just about learning, no, it's, it's learning about life. The experience of everything as well. And my dad, first summer holiday, he took me down to the bottom of the garden and he showed me a neighbour's pear tree. And he said, what's that tree? I'm like, Dad, it's a pear tree, where's this going? He goes, good. I'm glad you know it's a pear tree and not a money tree. <laughs> because you seem to think money grows on trees, young lady. Yeah. And he was a bit bullying, really. He kind of, um, he said, right, you're going to work with your mum tomorrow at the co-op, yeah. at the pharmacy. She's got you a job. Right. And you're working all summer to pay your overdraft off. Right. I literally had to, like, two months university holiday. I had yeah. literally three days to yes. myself. Yeah. 
that taught me a big lesson. Yeah. That you don't get some up for nothing. No, you work at you it. You work at yes, it. Yeah. Um, and I did it, the rest of the time I get my, I pretty much kept my nose to the grindstone. Yeah. And I thought, it's not fair, I'm a family. Yeah. They've, they've sacrificed a lot. Yeah. I still had fun. And I learned the lesson of not telling them actually what I got to. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think even today my mum would still turn me off with some of the antics I yeah. got up to. But I, yeah. I was I was a bit more savvy. I just thought, no, just keep your head above water and, and do yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's um, yeah. I I I am very very grateful. And I was grateful my daughter managed to. We lived in Lincolnshire for a while, and in Lincolnshire it's a very conservative county mm. with a small scene, and they have a grammar school in every town, pretty right. much in Lincolnshire. Right. And I still maintain that if you're a working class kid, but yeah. you're bright, yeah. it will really open doors for you. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and she swims with the sharks. She literally was like the big fish in the small pond yeah. at primary, and then she went up to grammar school. And she, she luckily is very competitive, and she's a grade grubber, and she really had to step up. Yeah. And for her, it worked. Yeah. For others who didn't have the drive, they would have really been miserable and struggled. Yeah, struggled. But she she ran with it, and now she has a terrific career. She's um, a national broadcaster down based in London. And she was talented and gifted at English from three. That was identified. Yeah, yeah. She, she can she can handle language. Yes. And I say to her, you know, you don't know how lucky you are to have a clear path in life. Because I was a generalist, I was kind of I floated around for a long time yeah. until yeah. I found what I was really passionate about. Yeah, yeah. But so, you think if you get you'll get there. Yeah, definitely. You'll get there. Definitely. Just relax a bit. You'll get yeah. there. Perseverance. Perseverance is the Consistency. big thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do you think if you, you're getting these successes now, Alex, what the hell are you going to be like when you get to that's age? That's it. That's it. You'll you, 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 be on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. What's the most important thing you've learned in life? Health. Health. Family. Health and family, the number one. More than anything. Yeah. I mean, you can't have wealth without health. No. You're not, you're not a wealthy, abundant person if yes. you are an alcoholic, yeah. you're damaged, yes. you're full of disease, yeah. you're, you're shambling in and out of hospital, you're drug dependent. Yeah. That's not abundance. No, it's not. And you, to be abundant and to make use of everything oh. that could come your way that's good, you need your health. Mm -hmm. Your body is a temple, I really believe that. I mean, I've had instances where I've had ill health. Mm. Um, and uh, I strive to get my health back on track. Yeah. And I'm really, for my age now, I'm, I'm pretty tip top. Yes, and yeah. I'm very grateful. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, you do get past 50 and it's um, <laughs> it's hilarious. You get to 55 and it's like a trigger. You start getting all these funeral plans popping through your letterbox. <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah. what do I know that I don't? Yeah, yeah. And it sort of like keeps you in gear a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. But I would say more than anything, it's your health and yeah. understanding your family. Is everything that was the mantra in my family that your family is it's family first and this is a sort of a question what I'll I ask all my uh, my guests and it's if you could write one quote on a piece of paper and uh, to leave behind or to yeah. give to your family what, what quote or what yeah. what sentence it's one by put? Napoleon Hill who's no. a bit of a Oh, he's written a lot of self books. He's a bit of a guru, isn't he? And it's like, don't wait. The time will never be right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You, time is never right no. for any major thing in life. No. Starting a family, don't wait. No. Your biological click, clock's ticking away. There's, no There's never right enough time. money involved. You know, people yeah. say, oh, I'll wait till I've got some money yeah. behind me to start a family. Uh, 
you'll never have enough money. No. Did you know your kid's going to cost you a quarter of a million quid <laughs> yes. over the course of its life? Yeah. And then some? Yeah, yeah. My daughter's still tapping me up. <laughs> still back at mum. Yeah. It's just things yeah. get more expensive. Yeah, it's like it'll be a deposit for a house probably, yeah. unless she marries well. <laughs> <laughs> I say to her, don't. And that's another quote: don't marry for money, but love where there is a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect quote. <laughs> perfect. So where can uh, where can the listeners find you? Oh, I'm floating around all over on social media. So <clears throat> on Facebook. Maison Frey, stay in the home you love. With me personally, Ellie Lacrosse. I've got my website, www.maisonfray.co.uk. Uh, yeah, you just just type it in; it'll come up. To be honest with you, and um, yeah, I wish everybody Godspeed, really. And I love podcasting. And congratulations, Alex. I love it. Thank I love you. it so much. Thank you. So I'm such yeah. a chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved it. It's been really easy. It's been an easy podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. I'll uh, I'll leave all your description and details in the comments anyway below. So so thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, people. Out there is currently looking for more business owners and founders to share their business and life stories to help and inspire others. If you'd like to be featured on the Out There podcast, please reach out to me by email. My email will be in the description below for you to find. The next episode will be released in just a few days, so please press the follow or hit the subscribe button to be notified. Have a great day, people, and thanks for listening.